Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, it's Monday the 14th of August. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. First up, a grieving mum says she'll keep fighting for justice after blaming her daughter's death on a Kent hospital. Six-year-old Maya Siak died at the QEQM in Margate last December when her heart suddenly stopped beating. Dan's here to talk us through the story. So what happened in the days leading up to Maya's passing? Well, her mum Magdalena says Maya fell ill on December 18th last year and was tired and weak. She then collapsed and was taken to QEQM where she was diagnosed with tonsillitis and told she could go home with antibiotics. That night, she complained of stomach pain and when she hadn't improved by morning, she was taken back by ambulance, put onto a drip and diagnosed with influenza. It's said she was then put on a children's ward and was still complaining of serious stomach pain after having been unable to urinate for two days. On December 21st, Magdalena says she again raised concerns of staff about Maya but claims she was told her daughter just needed a good rest, with staff reportedly taking Maya's heart monitor off because they were concerned the beeping was preventing her from sleeping. At 3pm, as staff attempted to take a blood sample while Maya was being held by her stepdad Raj, her heart stopped beating. And what answers have the family received since? So Maya's family met with the Trust's chief executive, Tracy Fletcher, on December 28th and were told an investigation would be carried out into her death. Then in March, a meeting took place and an independent paediatric consultant said it was likely the influenza had developed into sepsis, producing dangerous toxins that would have affected Maya's heart. An inquest into her death was opened last month but was adjourned until September for a review to be held before a full hearing. East Kent Hospital has issued a statement. Chief Nursing Officer Jane Dixon said, I'm so sorry to Maya's family for their loss. We are undertaking a thorough investigation into Maya's care to assist us in providing answers to Maya's family, as well as ensuring we know where we need to do things differently and ensure lessons are learned. We will continue to work and update Maya's family as part of the investigation. Thanks, Dan. And we'll, of course, bring you updates on the inquest and investigation on future episodes of the podcast. Kent Online reports. A young man's died after crashing a car into a ditch on Romney Marsh. The 20-year-old was travelling in the Hammill Lane area near Snargate when it happened in the early hours of yesterday. He was declared dead at the scene. Investigators want to hear from witnesses and anyone with CCTV or dashcam footage. Bin workers in Canterbury have voted to continue with strike action after rejecting a pay offer from the council's contractor. The GMB union says members aren't happy that the wage increase won't come into force until January. They're calling for more negotiations as walkouts are due to continue into September. A girl's been injured after getting her foot trapped under a parade float at Herne Bay Carnival. She's thought to have run up to the vehicle to put money in a collection box before getting her foot stuck under the wheel on Saturday evening. Organisers say safety measures are in place to try and stop people approaching the floats while they're moving. Kent Online News. Rishi Sunak's under pressure to keep his promise to stop the boats following the deaths of six asylum seekers in the Channel. Around 60 others were rescued when the vessel sank off the coast of France on Saturday. Steve Smith is from refugee charity Care for Calais. First of all, what I should say is incredibly sad. Not unexpected, but incredibly sad. We don't know necessarily, will we ever know who died, where they came from, whether their relatives are back in, probably in Afghanistan, waiting for news that they've reached safety. We simply don't know. And I think it's interesting that 
most of those uh, on the boat seem to have come from Afghanistan. Afghanistan that has, um, for Afghan refugees hitting UK, something like a 98% acceptance rate of their asylum claims because of what they've been through and what they fear. And we, we pulled out of Afghanistan with undue haste and left the Taliban in, in charge. And people who supported us out there must be absolutely terrified for their lives. And it's because of that that they're risking their lives coming across on these flimsy boats. I understand there were more than 60 people on board. You know, not to be unexpected, but when uh, when you hear the government talking about let's stop the pull factor, that pull factor will never be stronger than the push factor. These people are running for their lives. We believe very strongly that the best way of dealing with this is for a safe passage route, uh, a safe and approved route where people are pre-screened before they start, they're given a visa and they're given safe passage into UK, having already been pre-screened, then it speeds up the asylum process when they're here. That will reduce the backlog and will also put the, the people smugglers, the small boats, out of business. Perhaps not entirely, but it will certainly put it more out of business than it is at the moment. Figures show more than 1,600 people made the dangerous journey to Kent between Thursday and Saturday last week. The government's also facing criticism after Legionella bacteria was discovered on a barge in Dorset that was being used to house asylum seekers. It's claimed the Home Office waited four days to move people off the Bibby Stockholm. Health Secretary Steve Barclay says he believes the appropriate steps were taken. There was a, an isolated incident that uh, raised a concern. No one has been injured. Uh, I think health checks have been carried out with those that were on the barge. Dorset Council and the Home Office are disagreeing about the timings of the discovery and how long it took them to act. Kent Online reports. Police are investigating reports of a child being hit in the face by a stranger at a park in Chatham. The nine-year-old boy was apparently attacked by a woman who claimed he was bullying another child on Palmerston Road. Officers were called to the scene and interviewed a woman who also reported being assaulted. A vehicle's been destroyed and four others damaged in a fire in Hearn Bay. Footage shows an SUV catching a light on Central Parade on Saturday evening. It spread to other cars parked nearby before firefighters managed to put out the flames. Now, a grandmother's angry about having to lose a cupboard in her kitchen to fit a water meter. Thames Water's rolling out its compulsory smart metering programme across Swanscombe and Dartford. Christine Evans, who lives on Milton Street, says the company's demanded it must be installed in her home. She wants it to be outside instead. I'm quite happy to have a water meter, but I haven't got room to have it put in the kitchen. Um, I think it should go outside. Uh, and so do my neighbours as well, you know, because they're in the same boat as me. I had someone here about well, a year ago to um, look and see where they could put the water meter. And he said, no, that's no problem. If you don't want, you know, want to lose the cupboard, we'll, uh, we'll just reduce your bill accordingly. And then when I got the letter and I phoned up about it last week, um, the... I felt that I was being pushed into having it done and, you know, no, you've no choice. Um, uh, we can't put it anywhere else. And it was that sort of thing. And then, unfortunately, they put me onto the... They fortunately put me onto the legal department where I hung on for 30 minutes or so and I was then just cut off without speaking to anyone from the legal department. So, um, 
I've decided now to sort of ignore their letters until um, there's some sort of resolution. But I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to lose a cupboard. This room is tiny. Thames Waters say they aim to fit water meters outside where possible, but they do sometimes need to go within properties. Under legislation, consumers cannot refuse a smart meter, but the company say they'll assess the suitability and put people on an assessed household charge tariff if it can't be installed. Kent Online News. Kent Police are involved in a legal dispute with a contractor that was helping to run facilities at their station in Ebbsfleet. The force withheld payments as they didn't believe justice support services were meeting their agreements. The company's since gone into administration and Kent Police could have to pay millions in compensation. A court's heard how two men on a double date in Canterbury went on a shoplifting spree after running out of money. Neil Oak and Earl Kearney stole champagne and bourbon from an M&S in January, as well as clothes from JD Sports. The 30 and 35-year-olds from London have been ordered to pay back hundreds in compensation. There are fears a new crossing at a junction branded the dodgiest in Deal could cause serious accidents. English Heritage are putting a new traffic island in to allow people to access a new cafe at the town's castle. But locals say a zebra crossing or a button-operated one would be a lot safer. Elsewhere today, residents have been comparing different designs for Folkestone Harbour Arm over the years after the latest plans were described as looking like something from the Flintstones. 600 homes, shops and leisure facilities are due to be built in the area, but not everyone's happy with the architect's proposals. You can see pictures from previous designs in the story online. A Kent theme park plans to build on its success as a music venue by hosting extra concerts next year. 27 acts are performing at Dreamland in Margate this summer, including Ollie Murs, McFly and Tom Jones. The site holds 7,000 people and bosses are hoping to put on 10 extra gigs in 2024. Nicola's been chatting to James Penfold, who's head of live entertainment. I always say that it's... Uh, obviously you can go to festivals all over the all over the, all over Europe and all over the world and you'll see a, a big wheel or a, or a roller coaster or some dodgems in the far off in the distance but you, the the bands are literally playing with the backdrop of the of the oldest roller coaster in Europe and uh, a big wheel to to to, your, to their to their right to your left as you're looking at it and uh, the old dreamland drop on the right hand side it's 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 magical and, uh, and 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 everyone loves it it's um we've got some we've had some great sort of feedback from from all sorts of artists and uh and and all the all the customers as well everyone seems to enjoy it and and it is yeah it's just going from strength to strength um obviously there was a new license at the beginning of the year as well so we can now hold um we're now one of the uh, largest uh, outdoor event license holders in in the country as well so we can do 40 days a year where we can hold shows um ticketed shows so uh yeah this year i think we're on a, around 26 27 shows and next year we're looking to add around another 10 so just give ourselves we keep building and keep building and even though you get thousands of people in there, it still feels like quite an intimate gig, doesn't it? Because of how it's set up and you, you still feel very close to all the action. Yeah, it does. It's um, but I think it is for, for, the, for the sort of calibre of artists as well. It is kind of still an intimate, intimate show. Obviously, as I say, Queens of Stone Age were um, sold out in 
a matter of hours and then three days later they were headlining the other stage at Glastonbury so so it kind of, I guess it kind of is an intimate show for them still 7,000 people is is small compared to some of the shows that they play but I think that's what that's that's what people love they we're uh, we're almost looked at as a venue that's n- now we're almost looked at as a venue that's that's up there with with the big venues in the UK but it's actually it's say only it there's it's a 7000 cap venue it's um we're definitely we're always always striving to to do more and and, and push ourselves that little bit further i was going to say i am um... I sent a screenshot because I get the the early alerts on the the acts coming through. I sent the yeah. screenshot of Queens of the Stone Age to my other half, and he went, "Are you actually joking?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> um, that was a yeah. That was a difficult yeah, one to keep he quiet. Did, he did. He he got to go. Absolutely loved it. Has seen them before, Good. but a huge fan. Did get to go and was like, "I can't believe they're playing Margate." And then yeah, we saw them on the telly the next week um, playing at Glastonbury. So I've yeah. I've wanted to know the secret of your success for quite a while in, in getting these these bands because you are getting some incredible acts. I mean, huge diversity, but some amazing acts that you're getting down there. I mean, could you share some secrets of how you, how you're doing it? I mean, it's just working with some. We work with some great promoters. Some and and we've all and myself between myself and them. There's just a, a wealth of contacts. I think um, with agents and managers and and artists as well. Um, it usually always starts from a, a a message from to an artist who you know, and it passes on to someone else, and then all of a sudden, yeah, as all of a sudden you've got. I don't know Josh Hom in the in the dressing room or, or Tom Jones rolling up to uh, to play two sold out nights. So yeah, it's just uh, a lot of many many years of um, of work and um, just yeah just meeting people and and sort of yeah making contacts really. Events were also held at Dreamland on Saturday for Margate Pride. Kent Online reports. Council bosses in Ashford are considering a new location for their headquarters. There are plans to move offices from the Civic Centre on Tannery Lane to nearby International House. A consultation has been launched to find out what people think of the idea. A special school in Kent is planning to transform an industrial park building into new classrooms. The City of Rochester School in Cliffwoods wants to expand the age range and number of pupils it has. The proposed location at the Medway City Estate is just over four miles from their current site in View Road and will have ten members of staff. A popular Medway pub that's become well-known for its Sunday carvery has been put up for sale. The owner of the Hastings Arms is looking for someone to take on the lease after her husband passed away from a stroke caused by Covid. The site on Lower Raynham Road in Gillingham was once called a drug den before being turned around. And work to demolish a former nightclub in Dover is underway. The Funky Monkey on Bench Street closed last year and is being knocked down along with the post office next door. They're being replaced with homes, businesses and cultural facilities. Kent Online Showbiz. Some of the members of S Club have been on our sister radio station, KMFM, to tell us how they've paid tribute to their former bandmate through their music. Paul Catamol passed away earlier this year and the band have since released the song These Are The Days. Joe Bradley and John were on pop anthems with Ben last night. S Club are back together, celebrating 25 years. 
tragically, we lost Paul earlier this year. Now, in memory of Paul, you've released your first single in 20 years. Now, the music video, I've got to say, is incredibly fitting. Gayla, who has worked with us since the very beginning, and she loved Paul just as much as, as we did. Um, so she sat through got thousands and thousands of hours of footage and created this beautiful um, video to in tribute to Paul. There was a look back and a celebration of of who he was, of this bonkers mental character that he was. I think when you see it all come together and all the finalised bits and bobs were all put together and especially like the message of the song and then obviously seeing all the footage of Paul, it was really emotional. But also you sort of like, I, had, I did cry, but then I'd sort of like go from crying to hysterically laughing because of something funny that he's doing in the video. So I think it was just the perfect, the perfect tribute, 100%. It's like no time has passed. As the second we all get together in a room, there's something happens. We've got this connection that nobody else has got. Um, and we understand each other like no one else understands each other and we support each other as well. So to come back into the studio, not only with the group as they are, but also with our original team, like Simon Ellis, Kathy Dennis, all these people that wrote these amazing songs for us back in the day, to have the original family back together is really exciting for us and we can't wait. The main main focus is, is the tour right now. Um, but obviously the song, the new song, These Are The Days, is going extremely well. The fans are loving it. Um, we're on the right track. So uh, I think people, if we did do some new music, people um, uh, would, would would like to see that. So, yeah. Without the fans, we wouldn't be standing here doing this today. So, you know, I think we all owe everything to the fans. We do really appreciate them, love them so much. We can't wait to see them all getting out there on stage and, and hearing them all singing along to our songs. If you missed it, you can listen again to the whole interview at kmfm.co.uk. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham have continued their winning start to the season with a 1-0 victory over Accrington Stanley. Ashley Naderson scored in the 29th minute at Priestfield on Saturday, but boss Neil Harris says it came after a frustrating start to the game. We were so slow out the blocks, uh, so reactive in the first eight minutes. Uh, it took me to raise my voice on the sideline for us to get going. Um, then after that, I thought it was excellent. We absolutely dominated the game. Uh, only one team ever going to win that game. However, we have to be more clinical and ruthless because if you don't, teams will punish you. And that's what the lads have got to realise is cannot accept just winning one nil and having another three points. Lovely, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, but we should score three or four more goals um, before half time and after half time. So uh, I'm happy with the scoreline, happy with a lot of elements of the performance, but I need to see better quality in the final third from my team. It's my job to push them, my job to get the most. As the manager, it's my job to get the best out of my change of them, from staff and my players. Um, so uh, don't anyone think listening or, or, or watching, I'm not happy. I'm delighted with the points, but come, it's, it's my job to keep pushing the group, especially in the early stages of the season, um, while we're fresh and, and we've got a fit and hungry group. So um, yeah, what, what more? I don't want us to settle for just what we've seen. Have to ramp it up consistently, um, and, and that's Tuesday. We've got a massive game Tuesday at Sun, they're going to be really, really good. So organized, so disciplined, so aggressive, so big. Um, and you know, we, we just have to be we have to be every bit we was today, um, but from the first whistle, not from the 15th minute, and then we have to be clinical as well. Ahead of the match, it was confirmed Gillingham have set a new record for season ticket sales, beating the previous top number of 3,477. The club was taken over by new owners in January and a campaign's been underway to try and bring fans back to Priestfield. Neil Harris has been giving us his reaction to the news. Amazing, amazing. Um, firstly, to, to the fans that have bought them, thank you. 
you know, secondly to the fans that haven't bought but might be financially able to do it, do it because we're building, we're building something. Um, and thirdly, that just comes off the back of Brandon Shannon, doesn't it? You know, just 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 delivering, not just trying to put together a competitive football team, but the match day experience. You know, I, 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 I always say the same thing. I'm not surprised anymore. Well, I am surprised. I shouldn't be, but I don't take for granted. When I walked out and it was the rain event was full and Gordon Rose Down was nearly there and, and just looking at thinking like, this is crazy. Second game of the season. People are still on holiday. Loads of people are on holiday still. You know, people got to occupy their kids all week to do something. It costs a lot of money. And still we've got nearly 7,000 people. It's mega, it's brilliant. Staying with football, England are through to the semi-finals of the Women's World Cup. They beat Colombia 2-1 on Saturday with Maidstone's Alessia Russo scoring the winning goal for the Lionesses. She says it was another close-run match. We've been put up against a lot this tournament um, and we always find a way through. I think one of the strongest things about this team is that we never give up and we have such a good team bond off the pitch and I really think that's important. They'll play hosts Australia in the semi-final on Wednesday and in cricket Kent have beaten Middlesex in their latest one-day cup match. The Spitfires were all out for 288 at Beckenham yesterday and bowled the visitors out for 154. Daniel Beldrummond, Ben Compton and Jack Leaning all scored half centuries. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.